time now for a first look at your evening news here on KCIM. This is Abby Ward reporting. A Carroll woman was taken into custody yesterday after stealing a combination of cigarettes, cash, and lottery tickets from her place of employment. The Carroll Police Department responded to a call from the Hy-Vee grocery store in Carroll where 46-year-old Stacy Rieselman was arrested and charged with second-degree theft, a Class D felony. Video surveillance recorded Rieselman stealing from Hy-Vee over several weeks, taking over $1,500 worth of merchandise, but court records were unable to provide an exact dollar amount. Rieselman was released on a $5,000 bond and will appear in court on February 1st. A Class D felony in Iowa carries a maximum penalty of up to five years in prison and $7,500 in fines. Yesterday afternoon, Iowa District 4 Representative Randy Feenstra visited Loring Hospital in Sac City to tour the facility and talk with staff on his efforts to protect Medicare and to build up a strong health care workforce in rural communities. Feenstra met with Loring Hospital CEO Matt Johnson, who showed the representative plans for the addition onto the hospital, which will expand health care opportunities for the Sac City and surrounding communities. While touring the building, Feenstra shook hands with many staff members, thanking them for everything they do and assuring them that he is fighting for rural hospitals at the federal level. My whole focus is trying to figure out what we can do to make sure that our rural hospitals are sustainable and and that we can also hire, whether it be family physicians, doctors, nurses, even CNAs, you name it, it goes all up the chain to make sure that we are successful in providing great health care. Feenstra sat down with staff after the tour to address any questions or concerns that they might have. One topic that was brought up was about Centers for Medicare and Medicaid undercutting hospitals from the 2% of the cost that they are supposed to receive per the contract from the federal government. Feenstra says he is well aware of the situation and that CMS is looking through the lens at a bigger, more urbanized hospitals who can take the Medicare-Medicaid cuts without needing to halt operations. And that's why we're trying to have a, a hearing here in Iowa. I'm trying to get on rural hospitals that I can show CMS, I can show the federal government, this is, what, this is what's happening in, in rural America. And if you don't understand this, you're going to have a real, real problems as, as hospitals continue to close. Feenster says other issues that rural hospitals face are staffing shortages, as the doctors and staff are the backbone that keep everything runny, running, and Feenster wants to encourage professionals to stay in the rural communities. My feeling is that we have to incentivize nursing and, and other areas, and how do we incentivize, you know, how can we keep them in Iowa? How can we keep them here in rural America? And I think there's got to be incentive to say, all right, you're going to a rural hospital. Is that there's some incentive to pay those loans off if you, if you, if you stay there for five years and, and it's, a, it's a declining marker as you go. And same thing for nursing. Or you incentivize saying you don't have to pay tax or you pay less tax uh, if you work in, in one of these locations for five to seven years. Pictures from Feenstra's visit to Loring Hospital are included with this story on our website. The Carroll City Council approved a bid during Monday's meeting for a more than half a million dollar project for replacements in the city's water system. Public Works Director Randy Crawl says only two contractors submitted bids for the project, which were opened by city staff on January 16th. 
Two proposals were received. King Construction is the apparent low bidder on the project. And with their bid of $374,000 for Group A, which is the pump and motor, and $74,000 for Group B, which is the repainting of the piping, the current project estimated cost is just over $507,000. The other bid received was from Woodruff Construction for a combined $531,000, which would bring the total project cost to more than $590,000. Crawl recommended the council select the low bid from King Construction and explains their proposed construction timeline and funding sources. Project is planned to be funded through the Water Utility Fund reserves, and the schedule includes completion of the painting by December 31st of this year, completion of the pump and motor installation by June 1st of 2025. Kral adds that the low bid came in under the design firm's initial estimate of $523,920. The council voted unanimously to approve the King of King Construction's proposal. The pump station serves as the primary source of water pressure within the city's system, and city officials say the replacement is necessary to assure adequate pressures are maintained throughout the mains. Iowa Workforce Development announced today of new funding available to support youth internship programs for this upcoming summer. Approximately $250,000 in-state funding will be allocated to support internship opportunities for Iowans between the ages of 14 and 24, allowing for them to gain work experience, be prepared for high-demand careers, and develop personal characteristics necessary for success in the workplace. Eligible applicants for the Summer Youth Internship Grant include nonprofits, community organizations, education-based careers, and employers, especially those providing internships to youth at risk for not graduating, low-income households, and those facing barriers such as from communities underrepresented in the workforce. Funding from the grant can be used to jumpstart internship opportunities and to assist with direct payments to participants, training resources, and more. Applications are due by February 21st at 2 p.m. For those interested in learning more about the funding, a webinar will be held on January 29th starting at 1 p.m. The links to RSVP for the webinar and to apply for the grant are both included with this story on our website. And that has been a first look at your evening news here on KCIM. This has been Abby Ward reporting. We will be right back after a few short messages. It's 2024 and the remaining 2023 F-150s at Champion Ford need to go. Get 1.9% financing on a new 2023 F-150. You heard that right, 1.9%. And that's not just a short-term loan, that's 72 months. And get up to $6,000 off. Are you kidding me? I kid you not. 1.9% for 72 months and up to $6,000 off. Now that's a hot deal. Get a new truck, low interest, and free oil changes for life. Only at Carroll's Ford Dealer and Champion Ford, where everybody wins. Hi, this is Dr. Rick Godding. Join me here on KCIM at 10 o'clock on Sunday mornings where I talk about orthopedics and whatever else really comes to mind. We have a good time on the show and we would like to invite you to join us. Listen this Sunday morning at 10 a.m. right here on KCIM for the St. Anthony Hospital Orthopedic Show with Dr. Rick Godding. For more information about St. Anthony Orthopedics, go to stanthonyhospital.org or call 794-5536. 
time now for the second half of your evening news here on KCIM. This is Abby Ward reporting. Before we get into a look at those, let's take a look at a quick weather forecast and some weather facts. So tonight we're looking at a slight chance of drizzle before 3 a.m., then a chance of freezing drizzle between 3 and 5 a.m., with more chance of drizzle after 5 a.m. Patchy fog, otherwise cloudy with a low around 32. Thursday, a chance of drizzle mainly between 7 and 8 a.m. Patchy fog, otherwise cloudy with a high near 35. Thursday night, there's a slight chance of drizzle again before 1 a.m. Patchy dense fog, otherwise cloudy with a low around 31. And some quick weather facts for you. So yesterday's high was recorded at 33 degrees. I'm sorry, but we do not have a time that that was recorded at. And yesterday's low was at 30, so not very far off. We kind of stayed within the same degree range right there. Sunrise tomorrow will be at 7.40 a.m. And record high was set back in 1981 with 61, three, 63 degrees. And record low was negative 16, set back in 1961. Now let's take a look at your evening news. The Carroll Police Department reports a Chiron woman was arrested Monday for allegedly putting contaminants into a victim's gas tank, causing more than $2,500 in damages. Court records show 42-year-old Antonia Miera Sanchez is charged with second-degree criminal mischief, a Class D felony. An investigation by the Carroll Police Department found Sanchez poured a substance into the victim's gas tank at approximately 5.45 a.m. on December 31st in the 300 block of East 18th Street. Authorities say video surveillance footage from the area caught Sanchez in the act. She was booked into the Carroll County Jail and released after posting a $5,000 surety bond. A Class D felony in Iowa carries a maximum penalty of up to five years in prison and $7,500 in fines. A Greene County man won $100,000 earlier this week after claiming the top prize in one of the Iowa Lottery's many scratch games. Kelly Beeman of Grand Junction purchased his winning bonus multiplier scratch game from the Casey's in Boone and claimed his prize on Monday from the lottery headquarters in Clive. Bonus Multiplier is a $10 scratch game that features 8 top prizes of $100,000, 33 prizes of $5,000, and overall odds of 1 in 3.12. For a complete list of rules, regulations, and available games, log on to www.ialottery.com. Dupaco Community Credit Union has been named one of the best places to work by Employee Humanity, a leadership development and cultural design company. The member-owned financial cooperative secured its place among the top 20 employers acknowledged nationwide by Employee Humanity. This designation is awarded to organizations showcasing commitment to the well-being of their employers, industry, and communities. Employee Humanity emphasizes servant leadership, workplace culture, and positive contributions to society in its selection criteria. President and CEO of Dupaco, Joe Hearn, says as a member-owned cooperative, Dupaco's mission is to help members build a life worth loving. We have a team of passionate, engaged employees who, with heart and smart, take their role of serving members and one another seriously. Their connection with our members and the communities we serve help us achieve our vision of a brighter community for all. This marks Dupaco's third consecutive year for recognition from Employee Humanity, having been named the best place to work in 2023 and receiving the Excellence Award in 2022. 
Tupaco currently employs nearly 700 individuals and serves members across Iowa, northwest Illinois, and southwest Wisconsin. A bill under consideration in the Iowa Senate would let drivers operate all-terrain vehicles at higher speeds on some Iowa roads. A law passed in 2022 let ATVs travel across country roads and two-lane state highways at no more than 35 miles per hour. Senator Mike Kleeschmisch of Spillville says ATVs can be a hazard when they are moving at 35 miles an hour. If they're able to travel at speed and desire to travel at speed, it matches the speed on the highway and eliminates some possible concerns about folks having to go around them, which gets to unsafe passing. It could lead to somebody doing something maybe, you know, in the spur of the moment that was not in their best interest. Klemish says state law also allows ATVs to travel on gravel roads if they are being used for farming. Klemish adds ATVs driving at 35 miles an hour or less on gravel roads are at a risk of being rear-ended. If I've traveled that gravel road every day of my life going to and from my farm unit or, you know, going to and from work, I come upon a dust cloud, I'm assuming that that dust cloud is traveling at 45 or 50, which is an average speed for gravel roads, I would say, throughout the state, if they're in good shape, not springtime. But and I encounter something that's limited to 35 miles an hour, I don't know it because it's inside of a dust cloud. Allison DeMoss, a lobbyist for the Iowa Motorcycle Dealers Association, says the group supports letting ATVs drive up to 35 miles per hour on some roads, but not at higher speeds. It is our opinion that this raises an uh, increased safety concern in the state. Uh, the machines are not made to go that those speeds. If a machine is able to go those speed limits, oftentimes they have equipment that is not rated to do that. Uh, the tires could be rated much less than that. Senator Tony Bazignano, a Democrat from Des Moines, says he likes to let Iowa's largest counties with the most traffic say no to letting ATVs move at higher speeds. How really important is that we move the speed limit to, if it risks one child, one young person being killed? We drive these roads too, and, and us being in a car and seeing these vehicles flying at, at 50 miles an hour. The bill cleared a Senate subcommittee this morning and is eligible for a vote in the Senate Transportation Committee. And I read this online, and I thought this is a good heartfelt story, so I wanted to share it with you guys. The remains of an eastern Iowa airman who died in a bomber crash in World War II has been identified. The POW MIA accounting agency says U.S. Army Air Forces Major Theodore Wilhit of Muscatine was piloting a B-24 Liberator in March of 1944 when it was struck by aircraft fire during a bombing raid in France. The bomber broke apart and crashed. All 11 crew members were lost and not identified. The remains were exhumed in 2019 from an American cemetery in France, and DNA analysis helped identify the remains of Wilhite, who was 26 when he died. Just makes me feel like just comfort, just knowing that that family finally got an answer to what happened to their loved one overseas. And that has been a look at your evening news here on KCIM. This has been Abby Ward reporting. I hope you guys have a great evening.